Welcome to the Film Sessions podcast. Today, we are excited to feature Diego Rocha. Congratulations on your selection for the Student World Impact Film Festival. Um, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself to get us started? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. It's a privilege to be here. Um, I'm very happy. I am Diego. I'm 38 years old. I'm from Brazil. I've lived in the United States um, for quite a few years now, for about 25 years with my family. We're based in Massachusetts, although now I live in Florida. Amazing. Thank you so much. So can you tell us what first inspired you to get into filmmaking? Yes, um, my very first inspirations to be a filmmaker was actually watching films at a very young age. I remember growing up in Brazil, um, watching big films with my family was what really got my brain and my heart going in terms of what a film is. And ever since then, I've been nurturing um, the passion for filmmaking for watching film. I've been very involved with theater as well for, for as long as I can remember. And I feel like theater has informed me so much about the craft of filmmaking, especially from the actor's perspective. So a lot of the, the work that I do today involve, involves uh, the, establishing a good relationship with actors. And this is something that only theater can give you and I have been migrating that into film, into the film that I do and that I'd like to make going forward. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. That is so cool how you incorporate theater with filmmaking. Incredible. Um, so kind of moving more into your film that was selected for SWIFT this year, can you just tell us what it's about and then the title of it just so the audience knows? Yes, um, Like Kai is a film about um, the human connections. Um, it's, a, it's a very simple story. It's about uh, a young man who goes in to make a flower delivery at someone else's home. And he enters the backyard of this other individual. And through that, they establish uh, a bond and an everlasting relationship of friendship, uh, confessions. So it's basically a slice in time uh, in the life of two human beings as they connect. I am a firm believer in those kinds of connections and how special they can be. Uh, there are times in our lives when we are fortunate enough to meet someone and that someone has the power to change everything. And I think the film, uh, like Kai, is a celebration of that. This, this idea of someone walking into your life, breaking into your life, to have a positive impact and to provide an everlasting change. Thank you, that's such a wonderful story. Um, I know you touched on this a little bit, but can you kind of just expand on what you hope the audience gets out of it, what you hope the message to its audience is? Yes, um, I hope the audience is left with a feeling of, of bliss, really, because to me, that's how we felt as we were making it. And as we were editing this film, uh, this was not a film that was intended to be sent out to festivals. It was it was an experiment I had with Gustavo Stella, who is a dear friend of mine and who acted in the film. He's a lifelong collaborator. And while we were in the editing room, 
every single day we met, we had shivers, we had, um, we had sensations, and we said to ourselves, I think this film is worthy of sharing with the audience because the feelings we are having are so special. Uh, the film evokes such a, a peaceful, um, relaxing, and thought-provoking feel that we really wanted people to, to have the opportunity to watch it, to feel it, and to embrace it. And I think, you know, with this festival, along with other ones that we have been featured in, um, we have been getting such a positive response from people. People have actually fallen in love with the story, the idea, and the emotions that they have felt because of the film. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank um, you. So kind of um, moving more into the process of making your film, can you kind of walk us through the process of making it, what it was like maybe on set or like in the post-production phase, that kind of thing? Yes, um, making the film happened very casually. As I told you, this was not meant to be a film to be shared. It was a, a shared experience between Gustavo and I. He lived in New Jersey at the time and he said to me, Diego, I'm going back to Brazil. How about we make a film before I leave? And I said, why not? Let's do it. So I began writing the film. All the scenes were vignettes, little, little scenes that I compiled. And I said to him, Gustavo, I think I have a script. So I sent it over to him. We elaborated a little bit more. Um, I wanted to pay tribute this time around to Japanese theater. Um, so, you know, bringing in all of the little and subtle elements of Japanese theater and art, both into production design, costumes, uh, music. Uh, there is a haikai, um, a haiku, I would say in the beginning of the film, which was written by a good friend of mine named Luis Filho. At the beginning of the film, he wrote the haiku especially for the film. So we wanted to bring lots of little elements of Japanese art into this film. Uh, Luis also wrote a beautiful song that was performed by a dear friend of mine in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Claudia Martins. Um, so a lot of people got involved into making this film. Uh, because I had an experience living in Brazil for five years, I have been fortunate enough to, to gather a cohort of artists who have been lifelong collaborators. And these people stepped in to making sure that the film happened the way it did. So we have music and a haiku by Luis Filho. We have the voice by Claudia Martins. Um, we have the poster by Guilherme Martins. We have the, the graphic design of the book by Davi Alexandre de Souza. All of these artists are tremendous and they all gathered to make the film happen. So we shot in Framingham, Massachusetts in a matter of three days. Um, and post-production was very long because Gustavo and I only had one day a week for about three hours. So we edited very slowly, we didn't rush. This happened during the pandemic. Um, and then we were able to have our very first screening on December 31st, 2022, to a very small audience of friends, people we wanted to share the film with and to, to 
you know, to hear their thoughts on, on the film and on the idea. And everybody loved it. They embraced it. And that was when we said, okay, now is the time to share the film with, um, with people throughout the world. And I feel like the film has always been born for that purpose. And so far, it has been such a wonderful journey for us. Thank you. That is so incredible how it was even so casual and then it turned into something so great. That was amazing. It did. <laughs> so um, kind of along the same realm, can you kind of tell us if there were any obstacles or particularly hard moments while you were making the film that you had to overcome? Yes, one of the biggest obstacles for me. I had worked in film in the early 2000s um, as an actor and I remember very clearly what it was like to be on set and all of the equipment, all of the apparatus that is used into making film. And when it comes to the decision of how we were going to shoot this film, um, I had a budget, so did Gustavo. We decided that we were going to, you know, get all of our gear, we were going to purchase it and maybe establish an independent filmmaking company. That was the plan. Um, and then Gustavo made a very, uh, amazing remark. He said, Diego, what about Tangerine? Tangerine was a film that came out, I believe, in 2006, 2007. I may be wrong about the year, but the point being is this. It was shot with an iPhone 6 and it made worldwide acclaim. It was a fantastic film. So we rewatched it and then I said, okay, fine. Let's do this with an iPhone. So my film was shot with an iPhone, not an iPhone 6, an iPhone 11. Um, at the time. And that was a big challenge for me because it didn't quite feel like I was making a film. It felt very weird. But then we put the images, we transferred the images from the phone into the laptop. And I was like, wow, this looks phenomenal. So let's keep doing this. Let's keep doing exactly what we're doing. So through this film, I was able to find a new means of telling a story which is a very new concept to me. It's a very um, common concept nowadays, but to me, it was very new because I go back to the early 2000s in which none of these conversations would be happening. We did not have access to cell phones and to, to media and technology at our hands, and now we do. So that was a big challenge and that was a phenomenal experience, which I hope to, to have again in the future, in future projects. Amazing, thank you for sharing that. That's so incredible. It's so amazing what technology can do, just even our phones today. Yes. So um, has your film been released anywhere where the audience can view it? Are you kind of waiting for the festival circuit to be over? Is there anywhere the audience might be able to see it? I gave myself a one year bracket with the film because I am so excited to release it and to share you know, with, with an audience of friends, with an, with an audience in Massachusetts. I worked in the field of education, so there are hundreds of educators who want to have access to my film and want to be able to share, share it with the students in the district that I worked for. Shout out to Framingham Public Schools District. That's where I worked in Massachusetts. Um, so maybe in 2024, the film will be made public. It'll go into public platforms so that it can be shared with everyone. But as of now, we're on the festival circuit uh, in which we, we submit, we wait, we celebrate. Sometimes we don't, sometimes we move on. 
but mostly we have been celebrating the film and that's something that that fills my heart with joy. Um, so kind of while we're on the topic, is there a YouTube channel or any other social media handles that you want to share with the audience where they might be able to find the film or see your other work when it's released? Yes, we have a, an Instagram account. It's called Like I Film, at Like I Film. Right now, it's, it's very shy. I mostly set it up because I wanted to document all of the accolades that the film has been receiving. Um, but if you have the opportunity, we have a trailer at the at the the account. So please go in, watch the trailer, say a word or two, spread the word. Um, and I hope that this account grows as more people have the chance to see the film. Uh, we're getting there slowly but surely. And like I said, it's mostly a means of documenting the trajectory of the film. So I can keep record of all of the wonderful things that have been awarded to this film so far. Yes, thank you for sharing that. So kind of moving on from this film, um, are there any other plans of yours to make films in the future? Do you have anything exciting coming up? I know sometimes people like to kind of keep this on the down low, but do you have anything very exciting coming up that you want to share? Yes, well, I currently live in Florida. I'm a student at the College of Motion Picture Arts at Florida State University, also known as the FSU Film School. It's an extremely prestigious school. Uh, this is a gigantic opportunity for me. I have recently directed my second film at the FSU Film School. We're now about to enter our second year, which is our last year, in which we'll have a chance to direct our thesis film. So I have been working very diligently for the past year as a filmmaker in various capacities because that's what the film school nurtures. So in the future, I hope to have other films featured by your festival. Um, but I have to wait because I'm now in the process of, of, of my learning experience. Best of luck with your thesis film. It's very exciting. Thank uh, you. So I just have one more question before we conclude the podcast today, um, but it would just be, what is one piece of advice or just any advice that you would give for any aspiring filmmakers out there who are maybe just getting started? Do you have any advice for them? Uh, my biggest advice for anyone who wants to be involved with filmmaking is to always establish truthful, honest, and respectful relationships with people, your collaborators, whether they're actors, your director of photography, the people who work um, on what we call the BTL line, you know, um, second team, camera assistants, gaffer, key grip, all those people are people who nurture your passion for telling your story. So the number one element for me is to establish truthful, honest, and respectful relationships because that's the only one, the only thing that guarantees a successful film, even if the film is not successful. Because these relationships nurture the feeling. And when you walk out of a project feeling good, feeling amazing, and feeling like you have treated everyone well, you have treated everyone right. I think that is the big win for any project, despite how well it's received by the audience. So I think that's my advice for everyone. 
Thank you so much. Um, thank you again, Diego Rocha, for being on the Film Sessions podcast today. It was wonderful having you and congratulations again on your Swift selection. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. So I think that would officially conclude the interview. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, it was great to hear more about your film and I'm not able to watch it before. So I'm always like excited to kind of like see when it's released. So I hope you do. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out for it. So thank you so much. Have a great day.